Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of this podcast. I'm your host, Mike Organ from the Tennessean in Nashville, and I'm joined by Vanderbilt beat writer Adam Sparks of the Tennessean and Tennessee beat writer Mike Wilson of the New Sentinel in Knoxville. Today, we're going to discuss the cancellation of the SEC men's basketball tournament over concerns over the coronavirus. The tournament is just one of the many sporting events canceled or suspended this week. That list includes the NHL, NBA, MLB, and MLS seasons. Adam? Explain to us what's going on here. Give us some details. Yeah, so sort of the news of the day, and there's a few bullet points here, and we'll get more into it. Uh, The SEC basketball tournament was canceled. Had one day of play, a couple of games. It will not be played beyond that. So Kentucky now is the regular season champion. So SEC tournament does not occur. I guess it started, but that's it. It's the first time since 1978. That's back when the tournament was not held. Mike Wilson, 1979, when it resumed, who was the champion? Tennessee. So as I said to you earlier, uh, this is the first time that Tennessee has not lost a game in the SEC tournament since 1979. (laughs) And yet it did not play one this time. uh, There you go. Did not lose a game. (laughs) The Vols were were supposed to take on Alabama about an hour, a little over an hour before that. The SEC called off the rest of the tournament. Item number two, spring sports. That includes baseball, have been suspended till March 30th. That's at least March 30th. The SEC will reevaluate things when we get to that March 30th date to decide if spring sports will be suspended beyond that. And also, this affects recruiting a little bit, at least for that next two weeks. Recruiting will be halted um, where that takes effect. Um, So, uh, you know, a weird day. Uh, I think we've probably all got our. Our own stories on this one. Uh, I, I was thinking about this on the way here that uh, I-40 on my drive into the Tennessee and had a rolling roadblock, so to speak. And we're slowing, we're slowing, we're slowing, we're finally just stopping. And that's kind of a microcosm. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what it seemed like because uh, we had on Wednesday something may happen with the tournament. Okay, now fans can't come to the tournament. Now, nobody can come to the tournament. The tournament's over, and that's really what it felt like. It wasn't a shock to me. I don't think it was a shock to you guys that it was canceled because I think we kind of felt this rolling uh, this this rolling stoppage across all of sport. At least that's how I felt when I got up this morning. Yeah, when I walked in today to Bridgestone Arena, one of the first questions someone asked me was, what are the odds you think this tournament's finished through the weekend? I said zero. It really felt like there was no chance that they were going to play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday in this. I did think they might get through today. I really thought there was a chance they might at least play a game or two, maybe the whole day, but it never felt to me like this was going to be anything but a tournament that got canceled. But the, 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 boy, that'd be weird, though, wouldn't it? I mean, they already played one day. Then if you play a second day, why are you playing the second day? What information are you waiting mm-hmm. on? Um, I, stark information. It, stark information. What told. That, that's, and that's what uh, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey, when asked, I actually asked the question at the press conference, 
Um, what information? He, he said stark information is what he was given in a suddenly called conference call from the NCAA on Wednesday afternoon. And he said from that, quote, stark information, they decided that they needed to cancel the tournament. I asked him what specifically was that information. And he said it was about the potential spread of the virus, of coronavirus, that it, that, that spread needed to be interrupted. And the information the conference was given for us from the NCAA advisory panel on coronavirus, which, by the way, includes a, uh, a doctor, a uh, medical professor and doctor over at Vanderbilt. So that's one of the uh, one of the physicians on the advisory committee. And based on that, they thought they had to shut it down. They, they, they I don't know if it's new information, but maybe a little more detailed information. Mike, Mike how did Mike number two or Mike number one? How did your day go? I'm Mike number two. I uh, thank uh, you for that. That was I, nice. <laughs> I started the I started the week as you mentioned the slowing and slowing. I started the week with the assignment to go down and do the. The story we do every year, the Blue Mist taking over Nashville, Music City, Kentucky fans coming in, hoarding all the tickets, uh, filling all the uh, honky-tonks and taking over. Well, that turned into uh, when we found out that fans wouldn't be allowed into the arena last night, that turned into go down and find out if there's someone who's been living in a cave and walks up <laughs> to the uh, door and they and finds out as soon as they walk up to the door, you're not allowed in. But before I could get to the door, as I was coming literally right around the corner, I'm walking with uh, four UT fans and some Arkansas fans are coming this way. Alabama fans are coming this way, and they say, it's over, it's out, it's canceled. And we stopped and said, what's canceled? They said, the whole tournament's off. So I put a phone call in to uh, my editor, and he said, "Uh, okay, do Man on the Street. And that actually turned into a pretty interesting story because at that point I was able to find some people who thought they were going to get in, hadn't been living under a rock because they really thought they were going to be able to get in. You broke the bad news to them. Is that where this is going? I did a couple, but not to uh, John Fulkerson's uh, two uncles and aunts who I found. And they had, uh, Mike, John's dad, had already texted them as they were pulling into the parking lot and said, hey, if you haven't gotten here, don't worry about it. It's just been canceled. But they had gotten there, so they walked on up to the plaza, and I talked to them for quite a bit. They're, they're a big part of a story I have up right now on com, or it will be up very soon. And they were really looking forward to it, they, they, you know, not to— uh, They should have asked us that it, it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> we could, we could but, have told them. But they were—and I'm sure you two guys were looking forward to this. Mike and I were discussing this off there a while ago, to watching a game be played without— the crowd where you could hear conversation between players and coaches, conversation between players and officials. That's what I was looking forward to the most. Officials and coaches, which would have really been compelling. And and any cheer, any fan cheering would have been heard so loudly. It would have have been really compelling. I mean, I hate you guys didn't get to take part in it. It would have taken away those questions of, uh, Coach, you guys went on that 16-2 run after the timeout. What did you say during that timeout? (laughs) Exactly. You'd have heard. I heard you, yeah. (laughs) Coach, you told them this. Yeah. Well, what was the problem there we, that you we, were saying? Well, you know, on the fans that were kind of wandering around thinking they were going to get into Bridgestone Arena for the tournament, uh, Greg Sankey mentioned that in his presser today that he said he felt he it was almost a half apology to Nashville. He said, um, I don't have a Nashville strong T-shirt, but I'll get one. And he sort of apologized to the area because this is this is an economic boom. Uh, I mean, this is this is what you... You wait on every year down on Lower Broad, and it just pumps a lot of money into the economy, and that's 
obviously not going to happen to that extent this year. But people are already here. Obviously, a lot of Kentucky fans are, are, are never going to get here because the tournament was canceled. A lot uh, of them were here yesterday. They were. Uh, I went up in the concourse yesterday uh, when fans were still being allowed in before they announced that fans wouldn't be allowed into the final four days before they canceled everything. And, and it was kind of crazy seeing the number of Kentucky fans coming to watch Georgia, Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, Arkansas last night. So I think a lot of them are already here. I think an interesting thing, too, was that those first games that were played, those teams were not getting into the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess they probably weren't even going to get into the NIT. But Tennessee, at that time, thinking maybe you can make a run and do something with your postseason chances. From everything that I heard on Barnes, and, and I mean, Mike, you cover him, it sounded like he was perfectly fine with this tournament getting canceled. I think it was even stronger than that. I think he wanted this. Um, it, it sounded like both he and, and Alabama were hopeful that this would be the outcome. It sounded like players, and, and understandably for a, for a player, a student-athlete in the game of basketball, who, who saw the NBA situation last night and how quickly that happened of one player has this, league suspended, I think that concern probably hit home for those guys of thinking, well, we don't want to play this game either if those guys aren't. And yeah, that, that was his stance. He's, he supported Greg Sankey entirely in it, said he was happy about it, did, uh, said Sankey did absolutely the right thing. Um, but he, he made it all about the student-athletes, and, and I really thought that, that his comment was, was great talking about it. Just It was student-athletes. It was about those guys, I believe was the phrase he used. He felt like his student-athletes didn't necessarily have the voice in, in the moment and was really glad to see it un, unfold in, in a situation that shows how cared for they actually are and that they weren't just being put out there on a stage right now. So, you know, I, I think that's interesting, uh, kind of that personal take on it with players and coaches, because a lot of what we saw on social media was that this was like a domino effect. Well, this league canceled, so that league canceled, so that league canceled. But I think it goes a little more personal than that. And it wasn't just, well, the NBA canceled this, so now the college basketball will cancel that. It was more of college basketball players looking at NBA players and saying, well, hold on, how come they're being safe for their players and we're not being safe for our players? And I think there was some, I think there was some feel, I mean, Greg Sankey talked about that, that when those questions come, you you have to have an answer for that of why are they playing or why are we not playing and why are they playing and vice versa? And so it's a domino effect, but I think it maybe goes a little more base than just uh, than just conferences. Yeah, I think once the NBA did what it did, you saw it that you knew that it wasn't going to stop there. It was going to, as you said, domino, snowball, whatever, and, and and that that will continue on. So the spring sports are they're a little more up in the air because we basically have a period where the SEC is going to step back and look at things. They have till March thirtieth. That's the initial date on uh, when spring sports could uh, get rebooted. But the thing is, we don't know. And certainly spring sports could get to that March 30th date, and uh, we have another suspension of play. I mean, this could go on much, much longer. It could go well beyond that date. It it matters the most in the SEC, I guess, in terms of fans' interest uh, as with baseball. I'm glad to have you two guys here uh, speaking of baseball in the SEC, and so that we can discuss the traditional power Vanderbilt and the up-and-coming Tennessee. Uh, how disappointing is all of this for uh, fans of both teams that uh, the rivalry was finally spilling over into baseball? 
Yeah, I mean they were they were going to meet, right? That was during this yeah, uh, I think in the middle of this period. Tennessee was scheduled to play at South Carolina this weekend, and then uh, Vanderbilt next weekend, if I'm not mistaken. At uh, UT Knoxville. at home, yes, in Knoxville. Yeah, in Knoxville. And uh, honestly, I mean, completely speculating here, obviously, but I imagine Tennessee players are maybe more bummed than anything. I mean, they've had a nice non-conference season, and and of course Vanderbilt's the cream of the crop, reigning national champs. You wanna you wanna see where you stack up, an in-state rival on top of that. So uh, I certainly imagine that's something that they were very amped up for the chance to to get in the field and see where they stack up right now, and that's gone. I mean, along with a lot of other things, but understandably so. Yeah, right now when uh, with the suspension taking place of, of play. Um, 11 of the 14 teams in the SEC are ranked. That's baseball, ranked in the USA Today coaches poll. So. How embarrassing not to be ranked. Huh? I, <laughs> right, yeah, really. right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I was real interested in the UT Vandy series, and, and hopefully they can, they can fit that in somewhere once play starts back, whenever that is. Um, yeah, UT has a – my take on that series was that – UT wants to dethrone Vandy a little bit. You can't really dethrone somebody in a regular season, but it can mm-hmm. certainly have that feel where I think Vandy, with a lot of young players, I think probably would be slightly surprised how much UT would be into that series. Vandy would certainly be into it, but I don't think as much as the Vols. I think, too, that probably comes from the top down for, for Tennessee. I mean, I think Vitello's one of the more fiery coaches I've been around, and that certainly rubs off and is instilled in his guys. And when it comes to that series, you know he's the kind of guy who's preaching the pride of it, the intensity of it, and, and the statement of it all. So, yeah, I'm sure that, that would have been the case for, for that side. I mean, that's the only side I can speak for from what I know, obviously. Yeah. Now, with particularly Vandy baseball, I know coronavirus is like number one on the list of concerns. Number 500 on the list of concerns with Vandy baseball is that two of its best pitchers have been a little bit injured this will help out. Uh, Mason Hickman had an oblique injury, set out his last start. He was iffy moving forward. Uh, Kumar Rocker, their number two starter, or one starter, they're kind of interchangeable, had some uh, some soreness in his shoulder. He was not 100%, so he will rest that more. I'm not saying that's super important, but if you want to talk about this as a sports podcast. and that Same for get- Tennessee. Garrett Crochet's been out. That's Cameron right. Sewell's been out. Yeah. Both these teams could benefit from a— from a little break with some starting pitchers getting back. So, uh, are had you? Had that been the issue with Vanderbilt? Uh, Vanderbilt had been had not been a slump, but just not been playing by Vanderbilt standards well, here recently. Um, they're trying to figure out their hitting issues. That's mm-hmm. that's the problem, and they have a young lineup, so we knew that would happen. But when you are great in pitching and okay in hitting, you need that great pitching to be great. And when you have injuries to great pitching, then it was downgraded just slightly. But uh, they're still really, really good. They're just they. I'm sure the rest will will help them again. Aside from everything else, it's more concerning. Personally, are you guys? What's your level of concern slash fear? Well, we're in a field that puts us on the front line. Not to over exaggerate it or dramatize it, but we're out there. You know, I mean, we we're we're out there amongst the amongst the public where we're we have to be with people to you know to do what we do, and we can't. Stay home and work usually. I mean, maybe we can stay home and write our stories and send them in remotely, but we have to go out and get our stories. So there's a little level of concern from there. Some of it comes from my wife, who is very concerned. And Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, she's very concerned, and uh, she, she's in the medical field. And uh, 
uh, stresses constantly to me. We we went to four different places two nights ago looking for hand sanitizers. Oh my gosh! And because uh, every place was out of them, and we finally found some and hoarded them up. Uh, but uh, sell it back? No, oh, yeah, yeah, we're putting them on nice, nice markup. Yeah, ten bucks, five hundred dollars for, yeah, exactly. for a hand sanitizer. I did see where people are doing that. It's incredible. People would do that. Capitalism. Yeah, but. Uh, you know, I have concern over because of what she does, but I am. It just hadn't hit me yet that I'm worried about it. To be honest. Well, I mean, we're all young, strong guys, right? So we. It helps. Very, yeah. very strong. That's all three of us, <laughs> incredibly strong. But you know, I guess the consensus, and none of us have medical degrees, but the consensus is, if you're young and healthy, you're not at really bad risk in terms of. Death or anything severity, like that. I think. Yes. Yeah, you're, you're not as prone. But to you potentially can be a carrier to someone who is uh, very ill, older, and they're more susceptible to this. Um, I think of my grandparents. They're like ninety. They live down the road from me, so I'm not visiting them. Especially when I'm hanging around, have been hanging around large crowds at at games. I'm not going to visit them for a little bit. My my dad's going through chemotherapy right now. I'm not going to go visit him. And that's just sort of the precautions you make in terms of relationships i guess i guess but me personally i don't feel terribly concerned at all aside from i may get you know may get sick here and there when you mentioned your dad two days ago that was that hit me that was like these are the people that i'm really concerned about is are people whose uh, immune systems are already vulnerable and uh they're having to go for treatment. They're having to leave their house to go for treatment and be out in the public. So, yeah, that you know that is uh, alarming and, and, and a scare it, for And, me. again, I think, uh, I think that was the concern of the SEC and other sports organizations. It was not that that point guard may get sick. It was that point guard could get sick, not know he's sick, pass it on to this guy, to this guy, to that guy, and five, six people on down the line, somebody has it that it could potentially be fatal. I think that it was the spread. It wasn't It wasn't that the athletes were necessarily going to die from this. It's that they could spread it very easily. And certainly crowds could spread it because in the SEC, how many states is that? 12, I think, maybe? You're talking about like a, about a dozen states. People of thou- in of tens of thousands it, of people yes. all together. So. And usually that's going to be an older crowd, too, because if you're going to go to a basketball game middle of at the week. noon in the middle of the week or 1 or 2 o'clock, you're probably retired uh, in many cases. So that's a more vulnerable uh, uh, group of people there. Yeah, I think it's – you mentioned being a young, strong individual, as all three of us are. Um, yeah, the, the fear to me and the worry certainly comes from – I mean, my parents are both older – uh, my mom is in New Zealand right now. My dad just flew back from Australia today. Ooh. So there, there's kind of, he landed, he texted me last night. He was taking off before kind of just the chaos of last night with the sports world happened. And Tom Hanks, obviously, that needs, needs to be mentioned on this big podcast. Big concern, yeah. T- Tom Hanks is a treasure. Um, he, you know, he played football for Alabama. That's very important. It ties into the SEC here. Uh, but th- I mean, that's a, that's a concern to me is knowing that they've been traveling, they've been in airports they've been in multiple airports multiple flights and yeah i mean that's where i think i found the worry um it hasn't crossed my mind a ton but but certainly i think the uh, the effect is you know going into the concourse yesterday at bridgestone arena not shaking people's hands when i introduce myself um you know seeing old media friends and colleagues not shaking their hand giving them a hug it's just feels so so different in that regard. I'm and also aware so, that I touch my face a lot. The, uh, I also, I had the same yeah. observation. And Not of your face, pen. of my face. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> I noticed both those habits far too much in the last couple. But of you days. know, the people, a media member sat beside me at the Vanderbilt game, coughed almost the whole game. I thought, oh no, what do you name doing? him? Out him, out him. Is he on his way back to uh, his uh, hometown? Uh, uh, today? No, she works here. Oh. <laughs> uh, by the way, allergies I, maybe. Uh, oh, by, by the way, I have a vacation in Seattle in about six weeks. You sure about that? What's the chances? No. You don't have to go to Seattle if you're looking for weather because we now have Tennessee Seattle here there with you go. rain every day and uh, overcast and more coming uh, soon. Well, that's a wrap from Nashville, and we thank you for joining us. And for Adam Sparks and Mike Wilson, this is Mike Organ, and we'll say so long.